Good morning. It's nice to see all of you this morning. Let me get the PowerPoint up. There we go. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, go ahead and back it up one, Willie. Thank you. It's good to see you this morning. I hope you're uh, weak in spite of all the things that are going on has gone as smoothly as possible. Um, there, there's uh, a lot of things going on, and um, there are a lot of people that are really anxious and concerned, and rightfully so. And so we don't take this as an opportunity to really make fun of anybody, regardless of their response. Uh, we try and focus on ways that we can be blessings to those around us, and that we can also be concerned about our health and the health of our brothers and sisters. Um, we don't really have any announcements of upcoming events because most of those events have been canceled or postponed. So we invite you to check the website, sunsetmiami.org, for updates. You can go to the events slash, sunsetmiami.org slash forward slash events, and there will be an update on any things that might be going on. Uh, you can check with the ministry leaders uh, um, who might be organizing a specific event and always ask them. Uh, the office is open this next week, at least for now, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and you can always call the office and find out specific information about specific events. Now, um, you should have received on Friday a letter and or a, an email and a, uh, a text message. If you did not receive those, please call the office uh, tomorrow and give that information, give your contact information, because that's how we will be maintaining contact it's a very fluid situation. We really don't know what the week is going to look like and what future weeks are going to look like. The elders determined that we would meet this morning. Um, but for sure, this week, Wednesday classes are canceled, Wednesday night classes. Uh, they're monitoring the situation. Uh, they're going to keep us abreast and up to date of all these things. And so uh, we really don't know and don't have any um, definitive word on what things are going to look like moving forward. A lot of churches have postponed or uh, uh, suspended their assemblies, um, and, uh, and, and so we might end up doing that. We really don't know. Let me just say this. Um, if you haven't already done so, now would be a really good time to, um, uh, uh, to make your contributions uh, to the congregation via e-giving. Set up an account, and that way, if the congregation chooses to suspend its assemblies on Sunday, you would still have an opportunity to help us with the costs um, that, oddly enough, just like your house, uh, uh, they still keep the bills keep, keep arriving. So uh, anything that you can do to help us out uh, with that would be uh, would be wonderfully appreciated. Um, you know, you guys see Facebook and you see the comments and the memes and the other stuff. And 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 unfortunately, there's one or two that might suggest that if you're not meeting together, as Hebrews 10 suggests, that it's a lack of faith. And, and let me just suggest that at least among our leadership here, uh, if, if there are individuals who uh, feel that it's in their best interest and the best interest of the congregation to uh, either self-quarantine or not attend, that that is actually a demonstration of love, our love for neighbors and our love for one another. Um, you can be a carrier of the virus with no symptoms, and uh, it is much more uh, dangerous and much more fatal for our elderly members 
And so please heed the, the instructions. If you didn't get the email or the letter, um, they are available at the Welcome Center, and you can get a copy and you can read that as well. Uh, let me just remind everyone something we know, and especially among our fellowship, we know and we have preached. Sometimes we forget. Um, this building is not the church. <laughs> We're the church. And the scattered church is just as much the church as the gathered church, okay? So we are, even if we're all meeting in homes next Sunday, we are still the church. Uh, I'm going to address a little bit of that later on in the, uh, with the, the lesson, but, um, but, but just remember that we are the church wherever we are, uh, what, whatever uh, context and situation that we find ourselves in. So let's be patient and maybe a little bit extra patient. We're going to be in close quarters. The kids are going to be home all day. Uh, uh, the chaos, if you go to the store, hopefully that'll calm down once people realize that they have enough toilet paper to last a couple of years. Uh, uh, and remember, God is still in control. We are still the sheep of his flock. Uh, let's remember to pray long and frequently for our healthcare professionals, for first responders, for our military they don't really have a choice. They are called in to work. They are the ones who run in when everybody else is running out. Um, in our fellowship, we have the wonderful example of uh, David Lipscomb during a cholera attack in Nashville when people were flooding away from the city as fast as they could do- go. He took his carriage, went into the city, began working with the few organizations that were there, Catholics and some other organizations, uh, in using his little horse and buggy to cart people to hospitals. And so everybody else is running away, but uh, certain individuals, and among them our very own uh, uh, healthcare professionals and others who are heading into uh, uh, the situation. I-, I want to read a prayer for a pandemic And then I'll pray and uh, we'll get into our, our lesson here for this morning. May we who are merely inconvenienced remember those whose lives are at stake. May we who have no risk factors remember those most vulnerable. May we who have the luxury of working from home remember those who must choose between preserving their health or making their rent payment. May we who have the flexibility to care for our children when schools close remember those who don't have those options. May we who have to cancel our trips remember those that have no place to go. May we who are losing our margin money in the tumult of the economic market remember those who have no margin at all. May we who settle in for a quarantine at home remember those who have no home. During this time, when we cannot physically wrap our realms, our arms around each other, let us find ways to be the loving embrace of God to our neighbors. And for those of you who are introverts, please find a way to bless those of us who are extroverts, who are dying, <laughs> uh, who need the physical contact, who need the interaction, whose first reaction is to, to hug and um and 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 just can't do that so there's a lot of extroverts who are suffering and so we would ask the lord for ways uh creative ways for us to meet one another's needs let's pray father these are trying times and they're anxious times 
There's times when some of us fear more than others. And so we pray, Father, that your peace would fill our hearts, would fill our minds, would fill our very beings. Would you please bless this church, every single member, every single one of your sons and daughters and all of our friends and visitors and family members. Father, we love you and we love our neighbors and we love our family and we want the very best for them. We pray for our country. We pray for the world over. We pray for the uh, the health situation. We pray for the economic situation. We pray for people who are stranded, who can't get home, people who are in quarantine, people who are stranded in other places. We pray, Father, that as a people, we can come together and we can show our solidarity, and especially among our Christian family. We of all people who have a loving God in whom we trust and who have the resources beyond our wildest dreams. I pray, Father, that we would lead the way in showing our world and our community what it looks like to live in your arms, wrapped in your presence and with your blessing. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, you've all seen and heard the instructions and will continue to say them. The first thing that you can do to help combat this virus is wash your hands with water and soap. Isn't that, I don't know about you, that blows my mind. That by washing your hands, you can kill this virus. This virus that for someone over 80, the mortality rate is high. And yet you can kill it by washing your hands with soap and water. And it just seems that water is, as we've all known, such a precious commodity. But I never would have imagined that something as simple as that could potentially save our health and the health of those around. Obviously, the social distancing and the other factors involved are also extremely important. The first line of defense, though, wash your hands with soap and water 20 seconds. Say the Lord's Prayer twice. If you don't remember that, a fallback. Happy birthday, but that's a very secular and pagan thing to do. So (laughs) stick with the Lord's Supper, okay? I mean the Lord's Prayer. Now, today's uh, today's text deals with living water. The Jews of Jesus' day had a belief that living water, which meant water that came from a brook or a stream, water that came from a spring that was bubbling from the ground like we have here in Florida and a couple different places, or water that came from the, the, the sky, that water was magical. That water had certain powers that water coming from a well didn't. And so you got well water when you had to, when there was no other choice, But living water was special. Jesus is going to talk about living water to a person that he's going to encounter. The text for today is a pretty lengthy text. In fact, it might be as long as my comments and my sermon after, which is fine. Uh, There's nothing wrong in letting God speak more than me. 
Um, as I read the text, I want you just to keep in the back of your mind. Last week we talked about Nicodemus. And I made the statement that in some ways Nicodemus is a lot like us. Educated, uh, uh, polished, he's a moral teacher, he's wanting to do what's right. He took the initiative to find Jesus, but he went to him at night, which is a little asterisk uh, next to Nicodemus's name. As we think about Jesus's conversation with this next person, keep in mind this image, this portrait of Nicodemus, because this is almost the opposite, the carbon copy opposite, the Xerox copy or the the uh, uh, the when you used to do mimeographs. Uh, this is the uh, uh, the negative copy. Because it's pretty much the opposite. I'm just going to read. John chapter 4, you can find it in your phone, your Bible, or you can just read it along on the screen. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Uh, Although, in fact, it wasn't Jesus who was baptizing, but his disciples. So he he left Judea, which is in the south, and went back north to Galilee. Galilee is almost immediately above, due north of Judea. Now, he had to go through Samaria. What most Jews did was they would head north, they would cross over the Jordan River, they would go up, and then they would cross back over so they wouldn't have to go through Samaria. The scripture says that Jesus had to. He chose to. He made the intentional, deliberate choice to go through Samaria. Because he had to come to a town named Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, wait, 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 wait a minute. You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And John tells us, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was asking for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you Living water, which would have been so much better than this well water that you're going to get. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. And where are you going to get this living water? Are are you greater than our father Jacob, who was the one who dug the well and drank from it first and then gave to his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed. The water I give them will become within them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I don't have to come so that I won't get thirsty and won't have to keep coming to draw water. Then things take a turn. Jesus tells her, go, call your husband and come back. Now. I, 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 I'm in between husbands right now. I don't have a husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, 
You're, you're right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five. And the man that you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Doesn't that just blow your mind? There's no sense of judgment. Because, you see, divorce in Jesus' day from a woman's perspective is very different than divorce in today's world. Because in ancient times, women didn't have the right to divorce, only men. So if she was divorced, this was probably not her choice. She was divorced from her. Her husband divorced her, not necessarily because she wanted to be divorced or wanted to be separate, because he did. And so Jesus doesn't say something like, go and sin no more, something that he tells another woman later on in the book of John, simply says, well, you told the truth. You kind of went around it a little bit, but you told the truth. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But catch what he says, not even in Jerusalem, not even in the temple. He's not disparaging the Samaritan worship. He's saying all of us are going to relate to God in a different way. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind uh, of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he's going to explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Do you remember the I am's? I am the bread of life. I am uh, the light. Jesus first proclaims I am to this Samaritan woman with five previous husbands. Just then the disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked him, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jug, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, See a man who told me everything I ever did. That would be pretty scary. I hope there's no one on earth that has a memory of everything I ever did. Read in between parentheses. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did and still respected and loved me. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It is still four months into the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest now. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, but so so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. The fields are white unto harvest. Who is the first one to begin 
Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She told, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. It's a long text, and there's a lot to unpack, and we won't do that this morning. But I just want to make three points that I think are significant to us and then tie it to kind of what's happening in our world. First, Jesus knows who we are. Jesus knew he had to go by Samaria. Jesus had to meet with this woman. Now, in Nicodemus's case, he took the initiative to meet with Jesus. But Jesus is now the one taking the initiative to have an interaction with this woman. He's breaking all the rules. He goes beyond what was the social standard of the day. He's a man talking with a woman. He's a Jew talking with a Samaritan. He's a moral, upright person talking to a woman who had had multiple relationships. We could almost say that she is an outsider, that she is invisible to a lot of the people of her day. They don't see her. They see labels and symbols. Oh, you're divorced. You're a Samaritan. You're a woman. She has secrets that most people don't care to know about. And I think the more I think about it, there's probably a lot of us that are like this woman, too. We're like Nicodemus on one hand, but on the other, we're kind of like this woman. We go through life thinking that Nobody really cares. I do my job, but it's a drudgery and it's underappreciated. This job of being a parent, I, I get grief from the kids. I get grief from the spouse. I get grief from everywhere I turn around. Does anyone really appreciate me for me? Well, Jesus, by talking to her, by simply stating his need, makes her visible. And I think if God were to sit down next to us, he would take the initiative to say, hey, can you help me out? <laughs> can you help me out with something? And we would look and say, wait wait a second, you're God and you're asking me for help? Surely you can solve this on your own. And he's going to say, no, I, I, I want you. And that leads us to our second point. Not only does God know us, but he knows our secrets. And he still wants us to join him. Jesus already knows her life. When she tells him she has five husbands, that's not news to Jesus. He knew the whole time. He knew before he sat down and talked to her. He knew before he asked her for water. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did and loved me anyway. You see, a lot of us fall into this trap of thinking if people really knew who I was, if they really knew what I was like, if they knew really knew what thoughts were inside my head, they, they wouldn't like me. And Jesus and God are here to tell us something very, very different. Jesus knew everything there was to know about this woman and he still said, can you give me a hand? Can you help me out? 
Can, can you give the source of living water a drink? The irony is so strong. But Jesus treats her as a human being, as a person worthy of respect. In the same way, not only does God know, but he seeks us out. He calls us for the work that he has. He knows the secrets we're hiding, and he still says, I like you enough that I want you to be on my side because I'm on your side. You know, I think there's a lot of people who just want to stay invisible. Sometimes we're hesitant to teach because, well, what can a person like me say to anybody? We're hesitant to serve because I just don't know. I mean, you know, I'm hesitant to become a, a, a minister or an elder or a deacon or a ministry coordinator or a ministry leader or a Bible class because then people might get to know me and they're going to find out that I'm not this really, really great person or this really this kind of person. And and we all have these secrets that kind of get in the way of us really serving God. And the good news that I want you to hear today is that God already knows your junk. <laughs> He's known about it for a long time. And he still says, I like you. And I want you to be on my side because I'm on your side. His love and mercy doesn't shy away because of the secrets in our hearts. He still has a place for us. It's not that our secrets and our sin don't matter. It's that his love is bigger than anything that might, might, might be going on. Our past does not prevent our present and our future in the kingdom of God. And that leads me to the third point. God wants us involved in his work. This unnamed woman, two centuries later, we, uh, 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 we don't know her name. No, um, I, I mean, by the time you get into the, 18, uh, the 800s and on, people are going to invent names, but, but we don't know. She, she was the first one who evangelized for Jesus. She was the first one to invite others to come and see this Messiah in, in a massive way for the entire city. You know, it's very possible that within a week or a matter of weeks, uh, um, our congregation, like many others, will not meet. Okay, And so we'll either be broadcasting messages uh, uh, on some sort of platform. But what that'll mean is you'll be in your house and you'll turn on your TV, your computer, your phone. But what we're saying is that you're going to be leading a church at your house. And I don't know how you feel about that, but you might think like, yeah, 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 I, 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 I wasn't trained for this. <laughs> I don't know anything about leading a church. I don't know anything about organizing these things or doing these kinds of things. I don't have the right kind of education. I don't have the right kind of training. And man, they would never let me do this at the big church because, wow, you know, <laughs> uh, I've got my stuff. But God would tell us, yeah, I know. But you know what? I still want you to serve. I still need you to serve. I need you to help out. And so if we end up having to suspend our assemblies and each of you meet in your homes 
you will be leading a church. You will be the church in your living room or dining room, hopefully not in your pajamas in your bedroom on Sunday morning when we gather. And you can do that. And God invites you to come and join him. And he doesn't disqualify you because of your past, because of your sins, because of your relationships, because of your stuff. What he's wanting is for you to believe in yourself as much as he believes in you. I read yesterday about this unlikely hero in San Diego. It was a surfer. A surfer dude. (laughs) And this surfer dude named Johnny says, you know, I was seeing the reports and I saw this craziness about people hoarding toilet paper. What crazy thing is this? So what he did was he took a chalkboard sign and went on the corner of El Camino Real and Encitas Boulevard in San Diego and said... Share your toilet paper. It said it just inspired me to to remind people, listen, if you have a lot of something, it might mean that there are people that don't have much of it because you took it all. And so maybe sharing is a good thing to keep in mind. He said the response was uh, uh, beyond what he could ever imagine. People would honk and wave and drop off a roll. Said a guy kind of lobbed him one from his truck. People were coming by, and then they said, Man, I just went to the store. I couldn't find any. How much for a roll? He said, No, 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 no. These were donated. These were given. Take one if you need it. I think he says, People want, this is a surfer dude, right? (laughs) He says, I think people want a sense of community. When things are really challenging, people are looking to band together and be unified. It it, it feels like I kind of struck on a common theme where people are thinking, (laughs) and you thought it, why are people hoarding toilet paper? It's a simple thing, but it's something that's really tangible and really affects people's lives. And when they saw my sign, it just resonated with them. I want to encourage everyone to be better. Difficult times can reveal us to ourselves and help us see ourselves more clearly. He didn't set out to be a hero. He was just trying to meet a need, and it occurred to him that this is a way that he could fulfill that need. The Samaritan woman wasn't trying to be a hero. She wasn't trying to be the first evangelist. She wasn't trying to be something that she wasn't. All she did was, man, you've got to meet this guy. You've got to meet this guy. Perhaps within a Sunday or two, you're going to be sitting in your house with your kids and your spouse. And you're thinking, "Okay, now I'm in charge of church. (laughs) What do I do? Find a creative way to meet the needs of your family. We're going to support you. We're going to be there with you. We're going to provide whatever resources we can. But you're the church. We're the church. And we'll continue to be the church before, through, and after this pandemic gets under control. So we're going to pray today. 
and Jeff will be up front to receive your prayers. Um, it, it's always awkward not to hug and not to hold and not to shake hands, uh, but we're going to try and avoid that as well. Uh, it, it might be that you just want to stay where you are and you want to pray. Uh, you can write down a prayer request. You can email it. You can text it to me. Um, uh, you can text it to the office and email it to the office. There's any way and any number of ways that we can get your requests in. Remember, the church scattered is still the church. This woman ended up being a hero for centuries to come because she simply responded to the joy in her heart and to a need that there was for people to know about this living water. If we can pray with you and for you, we invite you, if you would like, to make your way to the front, or if not, then send in your request. We're going to stand and sing, and Jeff will be up here to receive you. Thank you. Who's that walking down?